you know, when you start to get comfortable with sitting on the sideline and you get comfortable by blaming outside circumstances, blaming other people or allowing your doubts and fears and insecurities, what happens is you just stifle all growth. You just stop it. What's up guys? Welcome to another episode of the Vacation Rental Revolution Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Moore, and I'm here with my main man, Dave Savolich. We're with our Whiskey Wednesdays. We've got our drinks poured, ready to have a, some good conversations about some things going on in the vacation rental world, some hot topics, some questions that are emailed in. And so we'll uh, we'll get started. Dave, you kind of narrate these and uh, have let's, the list yep. of questions. So yep. let's, let's dive into All what right. we've got going today. We try to keep these, those of you that are new to this segment of the Vacation Rental Revolution Podcast, is Whiskey Wednesdays are short, topic-based, like right to the point on some of the trending topics in the short-term rental world, and also answer some questions that many of you have. So if you have questions, submit them on whatever platform you're on. You can also email them to us at support at odyssey.com, and we'll put them on in the lineup for another you know, upcoming episode of Whiskey Wednesday. Well, with this morning, we were kind of talking about morning routines, you know, yeah. kind of People have different routines. What time they get up? Do they work out in the morning? Do they eat breakfast? So I was just thinking, you know, well, what's what's your morning routine and, and kind of compare yeah. it to kind of what we do and what other people do. So. I have a real specific morning routine, <laughs> right? So so my morning starts off, I, I I don't ever set an alarm. I haven't set an alarm for like, I bet 15, That's 20 great. years. Now, I right? got to set an alarm. I'd sleep, right. I'd sleep all morning. Yeah. So I, I, uh, I'm, a, I'm just a morning guy. I wake yeah. up early. I go to bed early though. So yeah. it's not like, you know, it's, it's I'm one of those guys that's in bed by nine every night if I can, right? Right? Yeah. And so I wake up every morning somewhere between, you know, 4.45 and like 5.15, usually right around <laughs> five o'clock. And Teresa and I get up, we have an hour of coffee because with the kids now, it's hard for us to right. really connect at nights. And because we're both going different directions a lot of times, that's kind of our time together is we have couple cups of coffee before we do anything else. It takes us about an hour. And then I hit the gym. We have a we have a home gym, so I don't have to drive anywhere. Yeah. I go downstairs and we uh, do the, the morning workout and, and we're here by 8.30 or 9. So it's <laughs> the uh, awesome. same thing every morning. Not a, lot of, awesome. not a lot of variety. How about you? Conversely, quite different than yours. Um, I'm, I'm kind of a sleep-in guy. I got a set alarm. I think everybody should sleep till at least the 7 o'clock. <laughs> you know, anything before that seems crazy to me okay. all right. <laughs> so all right. I, I get up i do i do get up about 6 30 i've implemented a new routine uh where i'm going to get up 6 30 going to work out have mm -hmm. a quick breakfast and then uh head into the office so all right. yeah that's pretty good i it's hard for me to work out in the morning these these, these old yeah this old body is uh needs a little bit of a you know warm-up so yeah. uh, but i'm gonna i'm gonna commit to doing that it's so. funny i don't like ever working out but if i don't work out in the mornings right. i don't right. i won't work out right. the and day gets yeah. away away from me and i yeah. just don't do it so yeah. You know, I'm not really like you always hear about the guys that are like, oh, yeah, I'm the 5 a.m. club right. and everything else like that. That's not really why I do it. I think that everybody's you can have a routine that works right. whether you sleep in a little bit later or get up earlier because you stay up later at night right. too. So right. you figure out what works for you to kind of hit the yeah. hit the yeah. points in the day that are priorities. And yeah. for us, you know, having some time with Teresa is a priority, making working sure that out. working out is a yeah. priority kind of sets me up for the day. I, I get really tired if I don't like yeah. throughout the day if yeah. I don't do that stuff. So that's where well, that's and where you feel like you accomplished too. I think working out in the morning at least you've checked that box and you've yeah. accomplished something whereas trying to get it in you know you you've fallen into the habit of trying to do it later in the afternoon in the evening it just doesn't get doesn't done happen. it's just yep. too doesn't hard happen. moving on so uh we you had an amazing webinar this last week we had several hundred people on there um as, as we do often we every couple months we have a webinar it's topic based we have something we talk about and one of the topics um, that really kind of resonated on this webinar was don't sit on the sidelines 
don't sit on the sidelines and wait and watch yeah. and see what happens with anything, with the market, with interest rates, with pricing, with anything. It's, it's about taking action. It's about making a decision and let's do something, whatever that is, let's do something. Well, one, it starts with like looking at, look, looking in the mirror and like realizing what holds us back, right? And so really when I really start talking about this and when we coach as many people as we've coached right. and we've had the, the pleasure of being part of a lot of people's different journeys into lifestyle financial freedom. I mean, we've got, you know, thousands of people now in our paid mastermind, let alone all the people that we help right. on, on different webinars and, yeah. you know, events that we speak at and everything else. And you start to find these like these very clear things that hold people back, right? right? Mm -hmm. And it's not what most people think it is. And and that's what the point of what I was saying is people get comfortable sitting on the sidelines. I would right. say people think that the challenges that hold them back are going to be all these different outside things that are going on. The challenges that hold you back is that you're getting really comfortable sitting on the sidelines. And so I want people to think about that. Like, are you comfortable not taking chances? Are you comfortable sitting on the sidelines and waiting for something to happen to you or watching and waiting for the markets to change, right? Mm -hmm. There's really three things. It's kind of like an onion. And I always kind of write it up as like a stop sign because it stops you from where you're at right now, where you want to go. And that gap is most people start with these outside influences and outside forces and circumstances beyond their control, right? We always want to say, well, it's not my fault. It's, right. it's beyond my control. Yeah. And those outside forces are things like the market in our world, the interest rates, you know, the, the market saturation, supply going up in short-term rentals, but it doesn't matter what world or outside forces you're talking about. There's always these outside forces. And typically as humans, and we all do it, so I'm not, I'm not pointing fingers. I do it just as much as everybody else does it. I just want to try to be aware of it right. is whatever I am blaming, I'm giving that power to, to, to basically dictate my future, yeah, right? Am decision. I going to let outside circumstances dictate my future? And so right. I say, no, I don't want to do that. Well, the next layer comes a little closer to us and it's, we start to blame other people. We start to say, well, you know, my spouse doesn't want to do yeah. that or they don't like that or my business partner doesn't like that or my friends or all these other people. So we start to point the finger to other people and we start have to ask ourselves, am I going to give the power to my future to somebody else? Mm -hmm. The answer should be no. And then that third layer is the hardest, which is your own, your own fears and doubts and insecurities. And that's really hard to look in the mirror and say, I'm the reason why I'm not moving forward. And don't let your mm -hmm. fears and doubts and insecurities allow you to sit on the sideline because we, you know, when you start to get comfortable with sitting on the sideline and you get comfortable by blaming outside circumstances, blaming other people or allowing your doubts and fears and insecurities, what happens is you just stifle all growth. Right. You just stop it. Right. right. That's what I was challenging people is that their biggest problem in my opinion, is not what most people think it is. It's that they're comfortable sitting on the right. side. And we're in a time of, and there's always these different times and seasons, and right, we're going into the holidays. This is a prime example of what we call separation season, right? This is a prime example of when we look and say, these other, these outside circumstances are what I'm going to wait for before I move forward, right? right. I'm going to take my foot off the gas right. pedal and I'm going to hit the brakes a little bit during the holidays. It's the fourth quarter. How about actually keep the, the, the foot on the gas pedal and accelerate yeah, through the fourth quarter? Everybody you have else. amazing yeah. momentum when everybody else hits it at the first of the year and you're just flying past them. I mean, you hit the first of the year going 90 and everybody yeah. else is starting to, to say, okay, now I need right, to start working right, again. Right. You separate yourself from the pack, but what really you're separating yourself with is who you are today and who you're going to be in the future. And yeah. you're either going to say, okay, I'm going to continue to grow. I just it was it was um, posting on Instagram the other day because I'm trying to become an influencer for <laughs> hell's sakes, you know, 
like all these social like, media. Yeah. <laughs> you are an influencer. Don't you're right, not, don't yeah. pretend you are uh, one. Right. So so anyways, my my influencer hat came on and I was saying I was doing a post of what are what are three things I wish I could tell my 20 year old self? And that was one of them is mm -hmm. take more chances. Things right. are going to work out or they're right. not going to work out. Right. I mean, you have two right. options, right? right? It works or it doesn't work. Yeah. Either way, you're fine, right? Yeah. And, and we think that things not working out are going to be these big setbacks. And if you think about all the things in your life that didn't work out, some of my best successes came from when things didn't work out. Yeah. Right? Either way, you're going to grow. If you take a chance and it works, awesome. If you take a chance and it doesn't work, you learn what didn't work and you're that much right. closer to you it working next out. time. Yeah. And so, you know, that's where, and I can get long winded on this and I'll, I'll try to keep it short because I know these topics are, we're trying to get, you know, really, really focused in topics on this um, with these conversations, but it's hard for most of us to look in the mirror and say, who am I really giving power to outside, outside circumstances? Who am I really letting dictate my future? Am I going to let my future be dictated by what the hell's going on on the outside influences mm -hmm. with elections and politics and interest rates and markets and recessions? No, you can succeed in any environment, right? As long as you're right? Committed to there are it, people yeah. that succeed in every single environment. And most yeah. people that succeed at a high level, they have to succeed in many different environments, not when things are always going their way. So am I going to allow that to dictate my future? No. Am I going to allow other people to dictate my future? Maybe, maybe not. I hope not. And, and so the only person that can dictate my own future is me. And I can't let my doubts and fears and insecurities stop me because right. we all have. Them. Yeah. There's nobody on this planet that is not scared to death at times. There's nobody on this planet that is not doubting the next move that they're making. Right. And so just being able to think and, and really challenge yourself and realize what's stopping you from really living the life you want to live. And that's what we were talking about last week with a lot of people was you don't get comfortable sitting on the sideline, right. Right? right? A lot of people get really, really comfortable sitting there watching life happen. And that's the big challenge that I have for most people and what we were talking about last week. Well, and I think it's, it's people are either going upward in a, in a trajectory that's going up or they're going down. It's yeah. never really, you're never really just, just stable and flat. You're yeah. either going up or you're going down. Yeah. And so people have to decide, are they gonna, if they do nothing, then that, that means they're going down. If they're doing something, that means they're going for I talked to a guy yesterday, great guy, and he said, hey, I talked to Vodacy about two years ago and I was considering getting in the game and I just wasn't sure. And he's back on the phone with us two years later with the same conversation and the same decision yep. of should yep. I get in the game or not. So absolutely, you should get off the sidelines, get in the game, make a decision. And a, a decision can be no, but don't just keep thinking, should I do it or not? Let's yep. get in the game and, and make it. And by the way, you are an influencer because I had a buddy <laughs> yes. that texted me this weekend and said, dude, your social media stuff's killing it. I see it all the time. It's awesome. So, all right. I mean, all right, I'm not we'll sure he, he's, yeah. you know, he, yeah. he's our age. So I'm not sure what an influencer he is, but right. at least yeah. he notices and, and, yeah. and he texts right. us. So you're doing good. All right. So. We'll, 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 uh, we'll, we'll take that. We'll, we'll, we'll put that on my, uh, on yeah. my, uh, title. <laughs> influencer. All right. Let's get a couple questions. We, we have a couple, uh, member questions or not member questions. Well, maybe they are. We're not sure. They, they, they sent them to us on Instagram and, and some of our social media outlets. Um, the first one is, do you suggest purchasing a short-term rental even if it is a break-even property? Obviously, everybody wants to create some passive income and make money monthly on their investment, but do you suggest that's a good investment to uh, buy a break-even property? 100% yes. There, there, this is a big misconception and a belief that I have that maybe a lot of people don't. They chase very specific returns, but there are, with 
short-term rentals, or any other investment. If you could buy an investment property every single year for the next five years, right. or 10 years, and you didn't make a dime in cash flow, but somebody else paid for those, somebody else mm -hmm. was able to pay down that mortgage and buy an asset for you that you didn't have to put any right. money into, right. you didn't make a ton of cash flow, would that be a good investment? When I ask that- Absolutely. At, when I ask it at yeah, yeah. seminars and workshops and when we're speaking, peop, everybody in the, the crowd raises their hands yeah. and they say, yes, I would do that. However, so many people will not buy break-even properties. If you can buy quality assets that right. somebody else buys and pays for for you, why wouldn't you do that? Your life in five or 10 years is gonna be completely different yeah, and the options that you give yourself, the opportunities that you have based on those assets and that portfolio that was grown and, and paid for and built by somebody else yeah. that you maybe didn't even cash for right. the time because right. it, eventually you will. Yeah, that's why there's a lot of wealth to be made with break-even properties. Mm -hmm. We buy break-even properties on a regular basis. We don't plan on them being break-even forever, but there are times right. where we underwrite them, especially in an environment right now where. Prices are high, interest rates are high. They might underwrite at a break even. However, that's just on a cash flow perspective, right, right? right? Remember that real estate has these things called tax advantages, depreciation, appreciation. All of those things start to stack in your favor over time, paying note pay down by somebody else. And within our game, short-term rentals, personal use, yeah. right? What if I could have a portfolio of vacation homes across the country in quality areas somebody else is paying for that I get to use for the next three to five years and I'm not even making that much cash flow. Would mm -hmm. that be a good deal for somebody? For me it is. Yeah. If if you if you've got better options, maybe there are and, and you that's not doesn't fit your property goals. Buy a property a year for uh for the next five years. At the end of those five years you have five properties that you own that are most likely for sure appreciated. Yeah. And now you're creating generational wealth and a portfolio through real estate and short-term rentals. Absolutely a great, great answer. And, and I think people overlook that because they always just they think do. I need, I need money. And I'm chasing the cash on but, cash return. I'm chasing cap rates. I'm chasing yeah, this, yeah. this one thing. Cause I want to replace this income. Well, guess what? If you're disciplined in buying a property every year, even if you buy break even properties every year, right. I promise you when you're buying quality assets in five to 10 years, your life is going to be completely different yeah. than what it is today with the opportunities and the money and the wealth that you built. Well, and going back to our first topic is getting getting off the sidelines. You you look back, you know, 5 years ago and say, "Man, I'm glad I started this program yeah. and this process because wow, look what I've done so far." Yeah. So, yeah, great. All right, next question. Last question. This is from Steve and uh he said, "I have heard invest now, buy later is a strategy to grow generational wealth in short-term rentals." Is this correct? Yeah. So, he's talking about Investing now, buy later. Exactly. Let's talk. Let's kind of break that apart. See what he's. What do you think he means on that? Yeah. So uh, I think you mean Steve. I think you're referring to the concept and the idea that hey, I'm gonna, I'm going to not buy the toys right now. I'm not gonna buy my big right. house. I'm yeah. not gonna buy my cars. I'm not gonna spend my money on all those things right now. I'm gonna defer that, and I'm gonna take my money and my disposable income and invest it, yeah. and then allow those investments to help me buy those things later right, on. I, right. If that's what you're talking about, Steve, I think so. Yeah, I 100% uh, agree. Sense. Yeah, like and that's, that's like creating the dream. You yes. know what I mean? You're creating the dream that you can create wealth through investments now, and then later buy all the toys, the boats, the cars, yes. the yeah. RVs, all that kind of stuff, yeah. right? Because yeah. I don't care who you are, we're all limited on the amount of capital that we have to go invest or spend. Like there's three things you can do with your money. You can save it, put it under the mattress, you can invest it into something that's going to create something down the line, right? You're investing your money or you're going to spend it right. and you're going to buy stuff. Right. And so that buy and spend and buy right now is 
do you defer buying for for investing? One hundred percent, I would. Right? right. When if I want to go buy something, like this year we started talking about, we wanted to buy a plane, but I didn't go say I wanted to just go buy the plane. I said I need to go now right. find one or two assets that I can invest in that will have enough cash flow and passive income to, to buy, buy my plane. plane. We started, that's the strategy that we have. If I want to go buy a new truck or anything else, we always do that. We always say, okay, if it's going to be X amount for this, this new thing that I want to buy, that's not an investment, right. I buy the investment to pay for that new, mm -hmm. that new purchase. Yeah. So Steve 100% right. would do that. 100%. It's a great strategy. Most people don't have the discipline to do it. But again, if you do that for the next five years, all of a sudden your life is completely right. different. Good. Yeah. And no, I think that's exactly what he was talking about. So, well, good episode today, buddy. I think uh, okay. it was super topic based. I think there was some really good insights and advice to, to everybody out there listening to us. So great being with you and I yeah. appreciate it. So, so let's wrap this one up. Yeah. Those of you that are joining us, we always appreciate it. You guys know that I asked for two things at the end of every episode. And the first one is if you got any value out of this, you liked it, Share it with somebody you think might get value from it. If you have more than 30 seconds, leave us a review on whatever platform you're listening on. If you don't have 30 seconds, at least give us a thumbs up and a rating on there. We really, really do appreciate it. Those things help us build the show. And then the final thing and the most important thing is to go pick one thing that you can do today to start building that life you don't want to take a vacation from. Cheers, my friends. Cheers, buddy. Cheers.